Hi, everyone. Welcome to K1 Queens, the 90-day podcast. My name is Kaya, and we're back with our queens, Asmari, Sarah, and Alexa. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this week's episode with you, ladies. Um, Honestly, it was crazy. Not really that funny, um, but certainly dramatic. Um, And as a reminder, please follow us on social media at K1 Queens with a KW. and all right, let's go ahead and start off with some tea this week, because honestly, there wasn't that much out in the Reddit universe. Um, but I did see that baby girl Lisa, a.k.a. Lisa Ham, a.k.a. BGL, um, is still commenting on Usman and Kimberly's relationship or 90 day journey. Um as as we can call it um so she's been like posting on like you know her instagram and her little facebook um just like shade um, which i think is really funny um, apparently she's married now which uh i did not know prior to today so good for her congratulations no okay. don't congratulate a racist Mm-mm. you know you're right honestly <laughs> that, felt, that that was really anti-black of me like i'm sorry um <laughs> No. Of course not. I was gonna say, no. is it with he a black man? Like is she married to a black man? <laughs> I need to know. Motorcycle. Okay. Outdoors for fun on a Sunday. That's what he looks like. Okay. Oh God. Is he? A, is he her age? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and okay. honestly, he doesn't look as bad as her, which just kind of it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I I know that's so mean, but like I feel like he could do better. <gasps> of course, he better does. than BGL. I would be hard pressed to find. Oh, <laughs> well, Kaya, sure let could. us know. Let us in on what you're about to say, and then we'll see. If <laughs> you're right. Um, so, so I actually wanted to remind you guys um, about an iconic moment in 90 Day history. Um, Asmari, I'm not sure if you were on the 90 Day fandom when Usman and uh, Baby Girl Lisa had their first season, um, but I recently rediscovered shall we that uh baby girl lisa lost a toe um and she actually came out with this on one of the tell-alls she told uh sean robinson god bless sean robinson um she said quote when i left for nigeria i injured my small toe it got really bad it swelled up terribly in africa i was miserable trying to walk over there when i returned in december my surgeon tried to treat it but it kept dying off so we had to amputate the toe on the 14th. I should have never went to Africa, but I did. Oh wait, and, wait. Uh, but I'm confused. I'm, yeah, right. I'm confused. Left without a man I, and a toe. Did the toe happen in Africa or before Africa? Did it get worse in Africa? Like, why is she blaming it on Africa? That's well, that's an, I was like, All that's an excellent question. Um, that can be answered by the follow-up quote. (laughs) Um, yeah. So BGL Lisa said, uh, because Sean Robinson basically was like, Hey, (laughs) did did this happen in Africa? Did you like bang your toe? What the hell happened? And BGL said, quote, yes, the doctors, when I returned back from the States, they ran every blood test to see if there was any disease I picked up in Africa, but it wasn't the blood vessels. When I hit it just exploded in the toe. So there was no blood flow getting into it, and it just died, right, you? So I guess she injured it before she went to Africa. Walking around uh, with Us- with Usman exacerbated it, and then it died, and then it fell off when she got back to the States. So I just want to 
give props to Alexa for asking the hard-hitting questions. I mean, we have our own Sean <laughs> Robinson in studio right now. <laughs> right. That's some journalism right there, Alexa. Well, and I just, I feel like it's just another example of the racism, right? I mean, right. she's just kind of blaming it on Africa and all of its people. And I, it doesn't seem to be related. So sorry to Africa on behalf of baby girl Lisa. And you know what? Maybe, maybe she deserved to lose her toe. I don't know. I, I think she kind of deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. Karma. Um, Karma is real, and it, it got karma. BGL's toe. Yeah, it was karma. <laughs> now, <laughs> being the hater person, I have to say, as a professional hater, I wish it was the big toe. Would have thrown off her balance. I think she would have a bigger toe. Agreed. Same. The pinky doesn't feel like harsh enough punishment, to no, be honest. You got off easy. All right. So that that's BGL. Um, and then the really last bit of like, I would even say mild tea, um, but it is really gross, um, is that Paul of Paul and Carini is apparently TikToking with a 17 year old and making like, you know, little like hearts with her. Um, that is a child, sir. Uh -huh. um, and I just... Right. And I just feel like we've seen this pattern of behavior with Paul, where he is predatory towards young Brazilian women. And that's just really gross. So right. she's also let, Brazilian. Let us yes. ask, though, are they TikToking in person? Or is yes. it a of heart situation, like a duet? No. So somehow Paul is We're in Brazil duetting. right now. Um, and he is TikToking with this like group of people, one of which is this 17-year-old girl. Yes. And apparently he deleted all of the TikToks. That's what I'm saying. He, he should be focused on getting his children back oh, right. instead of making these damn TikToks right. on the other side of the world. Right. Wow. So gross. Um, so that's really the tea uh, for this so week. So I really just, I, I mean, guys, I really can't wait to talk about this with you. Um, this fight was honestly cringeworthy. It was triggering. Epic. Epic. Um, and so... Let's just start off with Big Ed and Liz, because I think we have to do our listeners a service and give them what they want. Um, so we basically open up uh, with the fallout from the engagement party, and Liz is, like, walking down the street um, from Ed. So Barefoot. Barefoot, mind you, in the white dress. And so I want to, like, give a little bit of context before we go into something fun that I think our listeners will enjoy, because I Ew. think the context is important to this situation. So... We see Liz sort of walking, you know, away from Ed. Ed's still on the phone, which is hilarious. Um, and when you see the TLC producers, and I think I've said this on our podcast before, when you see the producers, something has gone wrong. We never see them. Um, they're like ghosts. <laughs> it was um, unplanned. So <laughs> it was unscripted, unplanned. Right. And so, so Liz is actually pretty drunk. And so then she's walking, I think the TLC van is sort of walking alongside or like driving alongside her really slowly. Cause they're like, Liz, we can give you a ride, you know, like, it's okay. Like we can give you a ride. And so she gets into the TLC production van, which again, we never see the producers. They like were all wearing black, wearing like masks. Like it was very jarring. I was scared and I didn't like it. Um, and so we see Liz sort of just like start to drunkenly rant about Ed. And this is really the start, the beginning of the end, really. Um, so she says, and I quote, he's so insecure. He doesn't believe in true fucking love. I would do anything for this man. I threw my wedding ring in the grass and it's fucking gone. 
And then she goes on to say, she's like, okay, I swear he's so jealous. It's like he wants me to hurt him. He wants me to cheat on him. So that's scene one. And so Liz is pulling up to her and Ed's like little cute little bungalow. And uh, we see Liz entering the home. And so also I want to point out that the dog that is not Teddy was being fucking obnoxious and was barking <laughs> the entire yeah. time during this argument. Um, so we, we might just add in some barks for dramatic effect. But <laughs> I actually think Sarah and uh, Alexa are going to do a dramatic reading of this fight because I actually sat down and transcribed uh, the entire thing. Because it is important. I feel like, you know, when we get on this podcast, we want to inform our listeners. And we also want to bring some lightness to just, you know, a pretty sad situation. And, and also, like, we don't, you know, condone abuse. And both of them were really abusive and, frankly, shocking ways in this argument. So I just want to point that out before we, like, get into this dramatic reading that, you know, we know this is reality TV, but we're trying to add a little bit of fun um, amidst the chaos. So And also uh, trigger warning. And also trigger warning, yes. <laughs> All right, so go on ahead. We'll do the dramatic reading. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Sarah. I will be playing the part of Big Ed in this scene. Alexa, will you introduce yourself as my lovely romantic partner? <laughs> uh, hello, I'm, I'm Alexa, and I will be playing uh, Drunken Liz. Okay. Kaya, you've done an amazing job setting the scene. <laughs> So I'm entering the house, and what do I hear? <laughs> there it is. Liz. <laughs> Liz, make it back with your grandma and grandpa. Whatever. I'm serious. You're wasted. You got jealous over someone who was attracted to me. Liz, she was a lesbian, and you were in a relationship with. She got physical with you. You think I'm having a relationship with someone? You <laughs> did. In the past, Liz, when we split up, you with men and women. Show me proof. Show me proof. I want to marry you, but I can't. <laughs> All right, end scene. No, that was excellent, ladies. Um, Thank you. Honestly, you guys deserve an Oscar. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Wow. Um, okay, so we, we see this argument, right? So basically the crux is that Ed is accusing Liz of being a lesbian because she, quote unquote, dated this female co-worker um, while they were broken up. Now, you know me. You know I'm always on the Reddit sleuthing boards. Um, and so I wanted to let y'all know that the girlfriend of the ex-co-worker did an AMA on Reddit. And she said, yeah, she said that they were not in a relationship because her girlfriend and the co-worker were in a relationship at that time. So Liz is not, they were never in a relationship is basically what I'm trying Shocker. to say. Which is Shocker. what she said the whole time. Which is what she said the right. whole fucking time. So then we kind of see Liz in her ITM. Um, and I want to like point out for some of our listeners what an ITM is. An ITM is an in the moment. So typically reality TV shows will actually have you sit and record your reactions to things. Uh, and oftentimes they'll film it like after the show is wrapped up. So they'll say, okay, pretend like you're actually there three weeks ago when we filmed this and talk about what you were feeling in the moment. So 
We basically see Liz and her ITM say that she wouldn't bring anyone that she was previously in a relationship with uh, to her own engagement party, which I get. And then, and then she drops this fucking bombshell that when they broke up, he was also taking out girls every single night. She says that she can throw back 100% of this stuff in her face and mentioned sugar babies. Um, Which we saw, though, because he was on single life. Like, he went to another country for a woman. Right. Right. So, like, question mark. Okay. So, let's resume our dramatic reading because this is really, like, the second the second scene. Um, so, they're still sitting in the kitchen. Are you a lesbian? I have no physical attraction to females, period. I'm not attracted to anything but fucking dick. <laughs> oh sorry it's me again <laughs> oh wow okay but you don't even come to bed anymore you stay out till 5 a.m you don't give a shit about me you don't come to bed you don't cuddle me and you got so insecure when someone was attracted to me you walked away from the restaurant and left me stranded you drink too much. You walked home. I don't need anybody, Ed. Why are you hanging out with people you shouldn't hang out with? I'm not hanging out with anybody because you don't let me hang out with anybody. Listen, Liz. <laughs> my job was in management and I... <laughs> you've, been... <laughs> you've been single for 29 years and I'm still teaching you how to fucking kiss. You don't know anything. Liz, you're just mean. I mean, <laughs> you're insecure. You tell me I'm fat and that I have a small dick. You're saying mean and heart hateful things to me. Because you called me fat. All I said was that it doesn't make sense to go to the gym and then go to 7-Eleven and eat nachos. I don't eat nachos. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. No. no, literally, there's TV dinners that you eat every fucking night. You couldn't even fucking fit in teeth. It wasn't clear what what Ed said (laughs) or what she said. Let's say tuxedo. Okay, you couldn't even fit into your (laughs) fucking tuxedo. Am I overweight? No. (laughs) Great work, great work. Um, And so then we see Ed in in his ITM saying that they both (laughs) need to be more disciplined about diet. Um, which again, really just killed me. And like, he just wasn't making a lot of sense here. So then we see them back in the kitchen. Um, and it just gets worse from there. And also they're surrounded by wine bottles, which just makes everything that much more ironic and hilarious. Um, okay. So why do you call me fat, Ed? Why do you make me so insecure? Why do you always compliment skinny girls? Liz, Liz. I'm not. I'm not. Don't talk. Shut up. I'm done with you speaking over me. I am done. I can be a bitch. Stop it. Stop it. You're drunk. We need some 
time apart. You need to figure stuff out. We don't need any time apart. Question me. The woman that, the altercation? Were you in a physical relationship with her? I'm not attracted to any woman. Liz, you're done. The conversation's over. Go to sleep. It's over if you want a chance in hell. I'm already guaranteed a one-way ticket toward, he toward hell, and I'm over it. <laughs> okay, and so so we cut we cut to commercial. And then, you know, when we come back, we see Ed is like sitting talking to the cameraman. And he goes, I gave up everything. I gave up my daughter, my mom, Rich. <laughs> and she said, <laughs> and she said, he goes, I can't have any good friends. And then, well. <laughs> I love this part. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this is the best part. I can't have any good friends. Yeah, this is my favorite. <laughs> Even my good friend, Approva. Oh, God, okay. I've never even heard of her. You told me I'm not allowed to have friends. And my friend Grace with her daughter? I never said that. Because Liz is jealous. I'm not allowed to have girlfriends because Liz is jealous. I'm jealous? I'm jealous. Oh, yeah, you are. And all my friends are women. And all my friends are men. All your friends are gay women. <laughs> <laughs> Am I gay? At this point, Liz, I don't know. There are too many coincidences with you. I think you were bisexual. You told me that you could be with a woman. I never said that. Yes, you did. I never said that. I said, I said you would make me want to go the other way, not that I would get with another woman. End scene. <laughs> End scene. Um, okay, so there's there's clearly there's a lot going on here, and so we'll get through the rest of the argument, and we'll circle back to this. But good God, um, Ed's insecurity is really just like coming out in full force, and. So then we see Liz and her ITM go, I have a curfew. I don't go out with friends. So I don't know how Ed thinks I cheated on him with a woman. And then we open it back up. When you get drunk, you make a fool of yourself. In this neighborhood, you could have gotten murdered. How do you think that makes me feel as your fiance? I don't want somebody like you that makes poor decisions. I'm so sorry because the whole time that we were broken up, you were going out every single night. You're a sad puppy. You're not even that attractive, by the way. And I loved you for that. You're rude. I'm not rude. No, you think you walk this fucking planet. Hey, where's that $13,000 ring I bought you? Where's that? Where is that? Probably in a bush. I hope you're kidding. Oh, I'm serious. You threw a $13,000 ring in a bush? End scene. And then, which, you know, I'm with Ed on this one. That's kind of fucked up. Um, but then we see but Ed. Who, who automatically? 
automatically refers to an engagement ring as a $13,000 ring. What? Oh, God. And so... So then Ed is just really mad about the ring. He just keeps repeating it. He's like, this $13,000 ring, this $13,000 ring. She threw it in a bush. It's the worst possible thing she could have done. And then we really enter in, you know, this is this is the bad, this is like the really bad part of the argument. Um, so let's let's wrap it up with the with the reading. You threw a $13,000 ring in a bush? You're you're dumb. I'm dumb. You're dumb. You could have used the ring to help your grandparents financially. You want me to pawn the ring? I don't need your money. You're not getting anything. You are out of my life. I know that I'm innocent in this. And I'm so sorry, but I'm gone tomorrow. You walked home at the restaurant because you're drunk. You put yourself in harm's way. I'm sorry, I'm an independent person. I don't need security. You know what, Ed? You're insecure because you thought I was cheating on you with her. You're insecure and I'm innocent. Go to bed. This conversation is done. I'm completely innocent and I'm done proving my point. Dramatically shuts, slams the bedroom door. In scene. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I just want to say, Alexa, we killed that shit. And honest to God, we would be better on this show than Ed and Liz, but whatever. I digress. That was something. I think so, too. (laughs) I agree. And honestly, I'm just glad that Liz was able to speak her truth, to be honest. Like, you know, I know that they always say that drunk words are sober thoughts, and I just think that she'd been holding that in for a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I love that for her. Um, so that was really the big fight. I mean, I don't see how they move past this. Um, I really don't. Cause I think I, I read an article once. It was like the main cause of divorce is either finances. And then within that, it's like, I know this isn't like really financial, but it's also like resentment, right? Like when you have like a lot of contempt in your marriage like that really like is not good for your relationship and they just like don't really seem to like each other that much and again like I don't disagree with what Ed was saying about Liz being a little mean because she did hit below the belt but also like I think Ed preys on her is very insecure I feel like this this entire conversation was Ed looking for a way out of the marriage I mean he was absolutely absolutely no proof and he just kept saying oh, this is over. This is over. Like he had no proof. He was just looking for any reason to be out. And, you know, Liz even said, she's like, well, you want me to hurt you. You want me to do this. And I don't disagree with her because I do feel like Ed is so insecure that he just pushes Liz away as a means of like trying to protect himself, you know, but that's, you know, he's 56 fucking years old. Like get it, get it together, Ed. Exactly. And I just wanted to thank you ladies for your amazing acting skills. I feel like you all deserve Emmys for your outstanding <laughs> performances. But I agree with everything you're saying. Like this, these scenes were just a fucking absolute mess. And I, I agree. Like I think Ed is looking for any way out at this point. Cause like, again, he literally had zero proof. Like if you really feel that way, then be adults and the three of you have a conversation so you can hear it from this other person and Liz saying like there's nothing going on and nothing has ever happened 
And I've been saying literally every single episode how like Mm -hmm. you can tell how broken down Liz is. And we didn't get a lot of, I don't think we got any if if maybe one um, confessional of hers other than just like the scenes that we saw. And yeah, everything she was saying, like that's exactly how she feels no matter if she's drunk or not. I think she was just really saying like, I'm fucking fed up and I'm putting up with so much shit, but you know what? This is exactly how I feel. And they're both miserable, yeah. so why get No, married? and, and I, like, I agree. I think Ed was just trying to, like, find a way out of it. And also, like, to your point, Osmari, how you were, like, you know, if he really thought that she was cheating on him, like, they could just all three, you know, meet up and talk about it. But really, like, if they had a good relationship that was founded on trust, like, that conversation would need to happen. Like, if Ed came to Liz calmly and said, you know, like, I saw this happen, Obviously not at the engagement party like he did, but right. but if she if he exactly yeah and like if wrong he came time to, wrong to place calmly and said like oh I saw this interaction with you know whoever um, it seemed a little bit intimate like were you guys in a relationship and if you know if Liz said no then if they were their relationship was built on trust then he should have just said okay and moved on and I'm sorry but at the end mm-hmm. of the day. In my opinion, you don't owe your current partner an explanation for things that you did when you weren't together. Like if Liz did actually hook up with that woman or whatever, or hooked up with women in general, dated women in general, whatever, and she didn't feel comfortable sharing that with Ed or sharing that on live television, for God's sake, I don't think she had to. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that, like, exactly. I love what you said there. Like, unless it is a situation where that past relationship has an implication on your current one, like a child or, like, an STD or, like, something like that. Like, right. There's literally no reason. Um, and, like, the only other note I made about this, and there's a lot of stuff that pissed me off in this episode or this, you know, this couple this week. But I'll tell you guys what pissed me off the goddamn most was that Ed's stupid face sticker on the back of his phone. And the fact that we have now seen his face on his phone, his laptop, his leg, and I'm probably on his fucking toaster. I'm so done. I'm done. Like <laughs> the absolute ego of God. And I just want to say this. Like, what really got me was some of the biphobia in this whole conversation, something like homophobia too, because I really think Ed has, he has a deep insecurity about Liz leaving him for a woman specifically, which is very odd to me. Um, It's odd for like a million reasons because like, this is just my experience. My husband literally tells me I am more than welcome to cheat on him with a woman as long as I videotape it. I shit you not. He literally tells me. Same. He welcomes no, me. Same. Said, Please go have sex with someone. I, I don't care if you cheat on me with a woman. Go for it. That's so hot. Like, that's why it's so weird to me that Ed same. would be, like, so weirded about this. I know. It's because he's insecure. And I think it's it's because he's also insecure in his masculinity in a way that is, like I said, he's threatened by Liz May being attracted, uh, A, her being attractive to other people. So I think it's also not just a, like, Liz being attracted to women thing. I think it's just, like, people in general. But I think it's manifesting in this just really weird, like, biphobia. And I think that 
her comment where she said, oh, well, you would make me want to get with a woman versus like the actuality of, you know, being with a woman. Like, so I get where she was like talking in hypotheticals. But like I said, like, I just, regardless of whether Liz was with that woman or not, which it sounds like she wasn't, you know, I think Ed is just so so deeply insecure in his relationship with Liz that like it could have been anybody and yeah yeah. um yeah and I just wanted to add one more thing too is I feel like their relationship is just so fragile and so toxic and the fact that both of them like aren't talking to significant people in their lives because they're together it's different if it was like they're meant for one another and they have a beautiful relationship and it's positive but like you're going to stop talking to your mom and your sister over someone that you're having such a toxic relationship. And like, Liz, you're going to let your, um, like let someone talk to you and bring you down so deeply and like, take, like not let you have a positive relationship with yourself for a relationship. That's not even worth it. I mean, no relationship is worth that, but, and I don't know who she may have also cut ties with because of their relationship, but it's just, it's just okay. a fucking mess. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, do they feel like they have to get married? Or is it because they feel like they want to be relevant in TV? Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, it's an awful situation for both of them. So I don't I don't get why right. they're together. And they at this point, to. it's so toxic so. and just generally unstable. Like, and again, like, Ed even gave up his yeah. daughter. Like, what does that say about right. Ed as like a parent and a man? Like, I don't yeah. know. It just, it doesn't but sit right But it's the fact me. that Let's like, you know, um, let's all keep it in the same context, right? Because this has now been two full episodes. This fight occurred immediately after the engagement party, which Ed was already emotional about because who didn't show up? Rich, his mom, his daughter. And I think it just kind of goes back to like, even just last week when we first saw Liz run away, we made a huge point last week because in the car, the one of the first things she said was, oh, his mom won, his mm-hmm. daughter won, Rich won, everyone won. And so it's interesting that those people are such like a focal point that that was one of the first things that when they started fighting came out of her mouth. And this week we saw it come out of his mm-hmm. mouth. And so it's kind of like, why is that like such a, tr- like why were those relationships like such a trigger in, in this relationship? And since... It's just crazy because if you ever find yourself in a relationship where you have your the people chorus to your life saying this is not good, like I just don't understand not waking up to that a little bit. And I think it kind of goes back to what Osmari said, like, is there some like external pressure that they feel from social media or TLC or something to stay together? And I swear to God, if it's just for social media, that's so fucking sad that social media has that level of power over their life crazy yeah it is um so so kaya i have one question for you before we wrap up our ed and liz uh segment so after hearing from liz herself and sort of ed confirming i guess i don't know (laughs) that he does in fact have a shrimp stick (laughs) do you still does your rating of his attractiveness stand? Because if we recall in a previous <laughs> podcast, Kaya, Kaya was defending her stance <laughs> that Big Ed used to be attractive or semi-decent. And I assume that, you know, his penis was the same size back then. So does your rating still stand? You know, I, I really appreciate <laughs> 
No, it could yeah, be smaller since he gained weight. Well, to your point, Alexa, I do think my rating has to go down a little bit because I do feel like having a micro penis probably it's not good enough. And do I know think that's it's micro level. She said it was I'm small. Assume, look, I'm gonna say it's micro because first off, Kaya shame i'm still gonna publicly shame you for that because you can't have said those words but this is my thing. i'm sorry yeah no one made liz say that and if they end up together i cannot have pity for that woman because if you are on national tv saying your man has a shrimp dick i can't have pity if you decide to stay with him i'm sorry because the like god himself could yeah. be about to murder me and i would never admit that on public television if that was the case Never. Right. And I also, I just really want to like add a little scientific sprinkle in for you. Um, Did you guys know that the average strength or average stretched penile length for adult males is 5.25 inches? Now, for a micro penis, the stretched penis is 3.67 inches or less. That would be an adult micro penis. That's a micro penis. And if we're thinking, right. and And she said shrimp. And so if, if I'm reading this correctly, Ed has a micro penis. Scientifically. Wow. Oh God. But it's funny because they literally made such a big deal about their sex life. Remember in the promo and the first episode. Okay. I'm like I mean, I guess it's more well, than just and I, I was gonna add that like too, but there's other just, ways, you know, you could have fun. So but but then I also exactly. feel like Ed probably doesn't eat. No, out I don't well. because of his neck. I'm gonna say it. He doesn't have full mobilization. <gasps> he doesn't have no. I don't wanna even think about that. <laughs> I hate you guys for Oh my god, you're right. That. Like okay, okay guys. Imagine like you know, like all right. Uh I would say explicit warning, but our podcast is already explicit. But okay, so like when a when a man like he can't even turn his neck to like get any other angle. <laughs> Like he would have to turn his entire like. Oh my god! Oh my god! She's having to sit on his. Face. Can you guys stop, please? I'm, I've been having nightmares. This is gonna give me another fucking nightmare. I do not want to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my! Ah! I can't. I'm literally like. Woo! I'm gonna have nightmares. All right. So I think that's. What if? What oh if God! Because I don't think that he is man enough to do this. But what if Ed wore a strap on <gasps> to have sex with Liz well, because okay, of the micro penis? I don't think he's a good enough man though. to do that. But wait, I have a question. Would Ed? Well, honestly, this is so gross of me to ask, but like. Men can't, they can't do strap-ons, can they? Can they? If it's flaccid. I mean, if you have a if micro. Was flaccid, I think you if you have a micro penis, you can. Uh, so like, <laughs> it depends, huh. though, because you could put it up a little bit. Yeah. I need I to consult. Uh, honestly, this is a, I'm going to get some information on strap-ons. Look, I'm going to bring thing. it to this our next podcast thing. session. She is already penis. getting fucked by a man with a strap-on. Why not just be a lesbian at that point? Like, because then you also get to be in a relationship with a woman. Right. What could be better? Right. right. And like, listen, guys, Anything is better I'm going to say it. My, my gay alarm goes off for Liz. Just a little bisexual energy. Mine I don't know. I mean, too. of course. I mean, mine does too. Yeah. Of course. I mean, and here's my thing. Why is anybody surprised when women are beautiful? Why is anybody right. surprised about that? I don't know. Right. No, I don't blame her. At it's all. just insecure. And for sure. 
I definitely support that journey for her, though. Like, for her to explore that side of herself, if that's what she wants oh, to do. Yeah, I would support that. Like, that. I Honestly, support I feel like a woman sure. would do Liz right. Definitely. She needs, she really does. Yeah. She really yeah, maybe does. Maybe that's what she needs after these toxic men. Yeah, because it's like this 56-year-old crusty man is not what she needs, so. All right, friends. I, I think that's it for Big Ed and Liz. I mean, it was oh. a lot, so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So let's go into something a little bit more, uh, shall we say, fun. So lighthearted, perhaps. Lighthearted, perhaps. Um, So we really. (laughs) So let's talk about Jenny and Summit, Mister and Mrs. Summit, my babes. So they're back from their honeymoon. Um, They go vacuum shopping, which is kind of how you know how exciting this segment is. Um, They literally (laughs) went vacuum shopping, Um, and Summit is strangely against the vacuum cleaner for some reason. I think because he thinks that Jenny is going to clean the house and it'll still be dirty with the vacuum, which I think is hilarious. Um, Agreed. And then they say something about, like, him breaking his stomach because Jenny tried cowgirl on him. It was too heavy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, like, honestly, they're just really cute. Like, I I really love Jenny and Summit as, like, a concept as icons of 90 Day. Like, I think they actually love each other, and that's kind of nice to see on this franchise, you know? Yeah. Can I, I, I love ch- them. Oh, but my the cutest, question. I think. Like, their little banter is so cute. I have a cute. question. How, like, do we think that this quote-unquote broken stomach was actually, like, a medical emergency? Or was he kidding? I really couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if he actually, like, had to go to the doctor and, like, be treated. I Like, did anybody... Does anybody know? He said he had diarrhea. Right. So what does that he mean? He said it was leaking. He did. I don't think he would have said uh, that if it was. What? Yeah. Well, wait. I thought he said it, his like belly what? button inverted ah, and it was, was leaking. I, I feel like. I thought he said he was like. <laughs> did I hear that like, wrong? I literally. Like, that's what I heard. Yeah. That's what I. I thought. heard both. Oh, no, I heard. I thought he said something. Too. Let me fact check. Keep talking. Like she definitely said <laughs> Let me the diarrhea, but it was definitely more than that. And so that's why I was like during that whole scene I was trying to figure out if it was like, serious or not. And right. I also feel like he definitely just blamed it on Jenny doing cowgirl, but it definitely wasn't that. Oh, definitely not. Um and so yeah, so basically they're just talking again, like this whole circular argument about like Summit's parents. And oh, I found it. I'm sorry. Coming in with the facts. 90 Day Summit says Jenny broke his stomach, displays navel, practicing Kama Sutra, ah! no more cowgirl. So he said not. something about, yeah. like, his navel cavity or something. I, yeah. So that was leaking. He said, I was in the toilet most of the time, and I didn't want to do that again, Summit said. While discussing the injury, Jenny told her husband, so basically no more cowboy pose. That's what... <laughs> Oh, uh, so maybe they said. did, he did go to the doctor. doctor. Yeah. My God. Yeah, he said, however, Summit corrected her and said it was actually a cowgirl pose. They should no longer be doing, he added, maybe the cowboy is going to work for me with a cowgirl. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, I yeah, swear definitely. I heard the same thing Alexa did. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it with them. We see Summit with the broken stomach. Well, Nothing much I mean, happened. They I, just continue to be cute. This, and this was a cute moment that I was like, oh, because when they started arguing in the appliance store and they were like kind of getting into it, you know, whatever. 
I really, really liked the way that Jenny was like, why are we doing this? Why are we arguing? Like, let's stop talking about this. Like, I just was like, was that a healthy moment? Like, we don't get a lot of those. So we should really highlight them when we do get them. Um, I was, I was like, really right. proud of that. And then when he was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go see my parents. I mean, I was like, Jenny doesn't need to be there. But I was like, go you, Summit. Like, better yourself. You know, like, keep trying. Right. Right. Very healthy of him. You know, Summit continues to be an emotionally intelligent king. Um, and we love that for mm -hmm. him. Agree. All right. So should we move on? I think I think we've talked enough about Mr. and Mrs. Summit. Sarah, you want to tell us about Kim Bali? Unfortunately. Um, so this week, this I this I get it was just sad. Um, because Kim, I genuinely feel like is a good person. She just wants love. It's just so sad. She keeps looking in all the wrong places. Um, she needs her own Harley Davidson man. Um, but anyway. So she we does. see Kim and Uzwin start off at the cow farm, uh, picking out a cow. I don't know if cow farm is the word there, but that's what I'm calling it. Uh, and <laughs> cow, cow store. Picking out a cow. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's so camp. It's a camp of Africa. The cow market. So, the, I don't know though. She's picking out a cow, not a goat. A little bit of an upgrade. Mm -mm -mm. Shout out to BGL um, okay. as a present for Uzwin's family. <laughs> So the cow was 200 USD and not the 500 USD price as that would have been Kimberly's quote unquote whole paycheck. A million questions. A million. Now, do we think, right. Yeah. They literally saw dollar signs so as soon as then, they saw her. That's we really good. Was like, like nervous and preparing up. to walk into the house with Usman's family. This seemed like kind of staged because we get the camera angle from inside the house and then also outside because like clearly the brothers <laughs> were like waiting for the door, like waiting for the cue. It was hilarious. Um, not the best Matt Sharp Productions moment. Um, but anyway, they walk in and the brothers, not even the mother. So like they start talking, not even the mother even speaks, but the brothers decide that they will have to pass on Kimberly receiving their blessing to Mary. And they seemingly get kind of hostile when the cow arrives because they say it's a bribe. Like she's trying to bribe them in order to get the blessing. And so like what was meant to be like this really positive thing actually turns out very negative. Then we see Kim like trying to get a word in, which was kind of wild because like she herself is like a white woman trying to speak in like an African household. And she's like, can I speak? Can I speak? doesn't get a word in um and then Usman tries to reason with them and just kind of no one's having it it was just basically if Usman had just been honest with her the day before then they would could have avoided all of this and she could you know but he decided to not be honest with her and tell her anything that was going on so she had no idea what she was about to walk into um but yeah I mean it was just kind of whatever yeah, kind of whatever. And oh, sorry, Asmar, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, you want to go? No, you're fine. I just want to add one little point about what Sarah was saying about how um, they were all there and the mom didn't really say anything. Usman did explain and say that kind of um, his oldest sister, his brothers, and I, I can't, and his mom, and I don't know who else was there. They're mm -hmm. kind of the decision makers of the family. So I guess in their culture, they just kind of have like a group of people that they're the ones who kind of make the decisions for mm -hmm. what happens and what doesn't happen. So I yeah. Just and I, just, I had a quick question Sorry, about like, so why would they give their blessing to BGL in the first place? That's my big question. Then also, why was the cow 
offensive. So offensive. I feel like BGL left such a horrible taste. About, like, so I almost feel like BGL Agreed. was like the first time Agreed. he was asking for the blessing and like with like a weird person, and they were like, you know, it's his first time. Like, let's give it to him. Like, kind of test the waters a little bit, and then mm-hmm. like. And maybe they thought that that was his ticket to the States and, you know. Yeah. And so now that that hasn't worked out. That's what I actually went. It didn't just not work out. It ended up being very negative. They're not really even willing to take that chance with Kimberly, even though we Mm -hmm. see it's an entirely Mm -hmm. different situation. Um, And like in the cow is even better. But I mean, did you guys feel that energy shift in the room when the cow arrived? I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. I mean, it was they were offended. Honest. I mean, it was giving. It was. It was just not. It was not giving what she wanted yeah. to give. And I felt bad for her because she was like, "Oh, can I get a word in? Can I get a word in?" And I'm like, "He literally said yeah. no." I mean, the brother when she said that, the brother literally but said no. You have to think about it too. Yeah, but you have to think about it too from their perspective. Is like. For them, they're probably thinking what most of us are kind of seeing. And it's like, why is this older white woman coming all the way from the United States to Nigeria to get this younger man and kind of take him away? And then, like, they're also probably going based off of what they've seen. Also, how maybe black people are treated in the United States. And they don't want that for him. I I think that's probably maybe a perspective that they're kind of having, too. And... The mom literally was like, why can't you just find someone who is your age from the same town, the same fucking country, (laughs) like, you know, and fertile. So I think for them, it's also kind of scary. Like we've seen that in other situations with other people on 90 Day where like their families are kind of hesitant because it's like, you know, the U.S. has like its own issues within itself too and like mm-hmm. people only know well, what they see also, you know so they're probably also scared but like they i don't also want him feel to, like that it's like why are you putting yourself in these situations it's Usman's fault because like if he was just like if he even remotely gave them context yeah before like walking in with a random woman like it's just like at the end mm-hmm. of the day like i feel like he could be like hey i see how y'all are living let me get to the U.S. I'll send you, you know, a couple K a month. Like, I just feel like there's so many different ways he could have contextualized that. And they're like, hey, we're dating. I reached out to her. We've been talking for two years. Like, literally any context before I would like to marry this woman would be better. Like, like anything would be better. Mm-hmm. I also don't feel like he has, He just like, showed up. Yeah. I don't get the vibe that, like, they really understand his life path slash agree with it. And, like, I don't think that they really understand him, like, mm-hmm. wanting to be like a worldwide famous rapper bigger than Michael Jackson. And so like, I just don't feel like that's like, <laughs> you, you know, so I just like, he's like such a black sheep of his family. It's like sad, but also like he's kind of shitty yeah. at communication. Yeah. Definitely. And he like, he like definitely sure. encouraged and probably told Kim to buy the damn uh, cow. And then she just ended up being the, ba- looking like the bad yeah. guy. Like I'm sure she was right. no right right. And he she should know his own family. Whole damn check on Which again leads question though, check. and I don't. How in the world is she in Nigeria for the right. second time if her whole paycheck is five hundred dollars? TLC is that right. it? That Matt Sharpman pay for those flights? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. TLC. Let me find it. Let me. I'm let sure me find they do. Bay. I'm gonna go back because to they're Europe getting all free. the content. 
right? Okay, but that's all I have. We can go ahead and move on to the next heavy hitter. Um, so this was Angela okay. and let me be Alexa, Michael. <laughs> Michael. Thank you. So Angela and Michael this week. Um, so we see Angela back in her hotel room after the very uh, eventful night of her physically assaulting Michael and destroying his property. Um, and, you know, she says that Michael has agreed to meet up with her for drinks to, to discuss the status of their relationship, which, you know, why did it have to be drinks? Why couldn't it have been coffee? I just feel like alcohol didn't need to be involved, but I digress. Agreed. Um, so before getting drinks with Michael, Angela goes to the hotel gym for a very organic <laughs> workout session with <laughs> her bestie <laughs> Renee, which was not staged at all. Um, <laughs> and of course, as she would say, she's toting or toting her Tote. pack of cigarettes, <laughs> her pack of cigarettes uh, to the gym. And she even points out that the treadmill or whatever cardio machine she was on has a holder for her cigarettes. And I just thought that was hilarious that that is what she thought that that's what that was for. Um, of course, they don't really work out and they both seem very confused at the gym. Um, but she and Renee talk about her, you know, plan to meet up with Michael. And Renee is very encouraging uh, to her and really tells her that, you know, she should uh, let michael speak and give him a chance to you know say his piece and you know that they've they've gone through a lot together and he she shouldn't just you know throw the relationship away so angela you know the conversation with renee ended and it it seemed like it ended on a hopeful note um i thought you know maybe angela really would have a civil conversation with michael and they would maybe reconcile, but of course I was wrong. Um, Alexa, you're so naive so to think that, she, that that would occur. You're you're too naive. I know, I know. Too, I'm I'm a, a glass <laughs> uh, half full type of gal, I guess. Um, but uh, so we see Angela on her way uh, to the bar or whatever to meet Michael. She has her weave ponytail in again. So I guess that was kind of a sign to us <laughs> that she was going to be on her bullshit. <laughs> um, and before Michael arrives to the bar, Angela is throwing back shots and chasing the shots with a Red Bull, which... <laughs> I was so shook by that, and I, that just, you know, in that moment, I realized that this was going to go downhill quickly, and it did. So, um, she, Michael shows up, of course, she immediately starts going off on him, doesn't give the man a chance to get two words in, nope. and uh, she yells for a waitress. She says, I need a waitress, and it was very rude, um, <laughs> and so the wait, the poor waitress Yes, the poor waitress comes over Extremely. and Angela orders three more shots after we just watched her take a shot. So this would have been shot number four at least because who knows, you know, how many other shots she had taken before that off camera. So, uh, yeah, that was disturbing. Anyway, so then after, you know, berating the, the waitress, uh, she demands that Michael give her his phone because she's accusing him of cheating on her as she always does. 
and, you know, accusing him of talking to women on Instagram, whatever. He refuses to give the phone um, at first. And then, you know, she's berating him, berating him. So finally he says, okay, I'll give you the phone. But he agrees to put the phone in her purse and holds the purse, like will not give her the purse, no. um, which was hilarious. Um, and I think eventually Angela like snatched the purse from him. Uh, so she had his phone, but uh, she didn't end up going through it. Um, and she pretty much just like got pissed and stormed off. And that was that. Um, but I, I don't know. Did anyone catch if she gave the phone back or did she storm off with the phone still in her purse? Is... No, I think she took it I with thought, her so that no, she could go she like she snoop on back. her own time. I thought she I, did like, too. I almost specifically remember because the whole reason she, she left was because like TLC kind of, TLC kind of set it up to where we got this juxtaposition because she wanted the phone because she wanted to go through it, but he didn't want to give her the phone because he was like, oh, she's going to tear it up like she did the car because he only had that mm-hmm. phone. And yeah. then, so she was seeing right. it through yeah. this person, like he's hiding something and he was like, nah, I'm just trying to get you to not break my shit. He's going to smash so it. I think because he kept acting so insecure, she ended up giving him the phone back and then just leaving because he wasn't going to like act normal mm-hmm. with her having the phone in her hand because she didn't realize why he was acting weird. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he was hiding shit. Well, I, I don't know if he was, but it was because he didn't know she was just going to smash it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do think that he's hiding stuff. Um, sure. But I, I also think that she very well may have smashed the phone. Um, but I think she would have looked through those messages first. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but yeah, that's pretty much um, all we saw from Angela and Michael. It really doesn't seem like they're going to work out. But I did see, I think it was on TikTok or maybe Twitter, that allegedly they're still together, which I don't know no if I believe way. it. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see them reconciling. Well, I mean, we see um, them We see them but... together next week, just which just makes no sense. Because, like, I swear to God, when we watched this episode, that final scene at the bar when she walks off and you see Michael just like resting his head on his hand on the table, you can literally see that man weighing what a green card really means to him in that moment. And like, and like you, you can no, really say like, damn, is it worth it? You know? And clearly it is to a point because he must chase after her, which is exactly what she fucking wants. Oh God. But it's just crazy. And I think, Sarah, you've like brought this up before. It's just like that power dynamic that Angela has over Michael. Like, you know, obviously, I'm not saying either of them are perfect. We know, like, damn well, Angela is not perfect, but I don't, neither is Michael, right? But she like literally sets these things up mm-hmm. to just go fight with him. It's like you aren't even giving the chance for any sort of conversation to talk about anything, letting that man even get one fucking word yeah. in. And it's not just any fucking right. man. This is your husband. So it's like it's so cringe to watch and especially like I believe that like obviously women need to have their place and stand up for themselves like we don't see in another um relationship we'll talk about later. But Like, Michael also has to put his fucking foot down and fucking speak up because he can't just let her walk all over him either, you know? It has to be equal. You both have to have a voice in your relationship. 
And it's just, it kind of upsets me to just see him just fucking take it. And it's like, bro, fucking speak up. But well, like, we saw yeah, him get no. crazy last week. Like, last he was like, are you fucking no, mad? And literally, he I thought he was going like to punch that, her. What happened? She immediately backed down and left the situation. But, like, I think that that's such mm-hmm. a good point because, like, to kind of sum it up, right. I thought Renee's advice was actually awesome. I was like, Renee, thank you for being level-headed because, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, she would regret that. In a perfect world where she was able to have a civil conversation, she would regret not having that conversation and leaving the country and never speaking face-to-face with him. But her impl- implementation of that advice was the worst. It was like, you know that, you know, like that scene in Friends? I don't know if you guys watch Friends, but, like, where Phoebe and Phoebe's trying to teach Joey French and she's like, s'il vous plaît. And he's like, pee poop jeans. Like, you know, it's like that. Like, she was like, yeah. go talk to him. And the Andrew was like, yell at him and storm off. Like, it just, why in the world is yeah, she so yeah. incapable of just, I don't know. It's like something about that man just makes her go insane. But th- that's really all I have on them. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't super, um, you know, interesting. And we just saw their relationship seemingly continue to fall apart. But I am definitely curious to see uh, how how those two end up. But um, I think we can go ahead and go to uh, Jovi and Yara. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm pretty two. sure you meant Jova because I'm really still loving the celeb name. Um Honestly, I almost said it. <laughs> uh, so this is like this is pretty quick here too. Um, I think that the this scene this offered a bigger question for me. It's it was how bad is this season getting where Jovi becomes the most redeemable man on the episode? Like how bad is this season God. where he's the best man? And I was <laughs> like, damn, how far we have fallen from God. So basically, it does feel like every man in this season got together one day and agreed to make themselves like the most unlikable people to ever grace this franchise. But okay, not but submit does not. Don't talk about submit like that. He's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, so we see Jovi. Yeah, they're all done. It's three forty-five a.m. I don't know. I get that felt a little dramatic for me because I was like, okay, like who really knows? But anyway, um, and they had like the lights turned off and I'm like, you could have just turned the lights on. Like, I don't know why, not the point. Anyway. So he once again beckons with Yara about waiting for him to come back before she leaves for Europe. Um, as he's about to go to work for three weeks with Mila, she finally agrees, which I thought was actually really, really a good decision of her. This is the one time I'll ever agree with Jovi on something. This was really, really a big step for her and them. Um, so that was really good. So then it kind of switches to the scene where she's with Miss Gwen. They're making arts and crafts at this shop where you make your own arts and crafts like imagine if like a shop only made live laugh love signs but you painted them yourselves that's what this looked like exactly Uh, yeah it's like hobby lobby threw up and nothing was decorated but anyway Mm -hmm. so they're friends again which is sweet and yara's like clearly happy about that but then they start to have this interesting conversation and uh, she tells Miss Gwen that she's gotten her green card, which Miss Gwen is very, very happy for. And like in the most New Orleans way ever, she says wonderful, but she says, oh, that's wonderful. And I just love the way it's, like, oh, I just fucking <laughs> love her accent. Um, but then 
Yara Same. basically kind of spills that, like, she feels that now that she has her green card, she can travel again. So there's really no reason for her to live in the U.S., especially because Jovi's working, like, three weeks at a time. And so she, there's no reason she would have to be in the U.S. except entering, like, three times a year to keep her status. And so she's like, if Jovi's gone at work, I can just spend those three weeks in Europe. And Miss Gwen is like, what the fuck? And she's like, well, you just got what you wanted, and now you're back to Europe. And Yara's like, yep. Very bold of Yara here. And then... I think that was a trans um, uh, yeah, communication think, issue, you know, but we can so talk about that she after. She even says, uh, you know, I think, again, Miss Gwen was just kind of being like, oh, you're not going to take Milo away from me, like, lightheartedly. And Yara was like, you're being selfish. And that was like, I was like, damn, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just kind of, she calls Miss Gwen selfish. Uh, and then she just kind of says, like, Mila, like, her mother, Yara's mother needs to experience Mila during her childhood as well. Um but yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. I mean, I was happy she made the decision and she talked to Miss Gwen in a craft shop. So what are y'all's thoughts? I really do think that that specific scene where she says, well, you just got what you wanted because she also kind of said that in a kind of rude way because mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's definitely a different way to say something like that. And she said, yeah, so boldly, but I feel like it was a communication thing because I don't think that's obviously what Yara, I mean, again, I don't know her relationship with Jovi from earlier on. This is really the first time I get exposure to them, but I feel like their relationship is very real. And, you know, like, I don't think she just did it to come here and get a green card and then go back. Um, But she is right in telling her, like, she is kind of being selfish. Maybe it was a little bold, but she is being selfish because her mom should also have the experience to, like be with Milo while she's that young you know and no I think for a lot of like the American families and and this show in general they can't imagine what it's like for that other person literally leaving everything and everyone behind to be with that one person and then having to fit as like a puzzle piece into their family and if they don't (laughs) fit then it's like even harder to adjust to a whole new culture and I feel like a lot of families don't understand that. And I think definitely that's how So I actually saw people on Twitter saying that they think that the whole Jovi and Yara plot line this season is all fake. And I thought that was really interesting because I had never really considered that. So people on Twitter are saying that they think that Yara would never be dumb enough to actually consider taking her herself and her infant daughter to, you know, Eastern Europe, I guess Czech Republic is more like central, but you know what I mean? Like close enough. Um, She wouldn't consider taking them to a country near a country that was being invaded uh, by Russia. And uh, I thought that was interesting because I do think that that's very much so a possibility because she seems to kind of give up the fight with Jovi like pretty easily um and just agree to like wait until he got back from work but i really don't think that i mean i don't know but i don't think that they end up going because i'm sure by the time jovi got back from work shit had really hit the fan and there's no way that they actually went Mm -hmm. to you know czech republic or ukraine during you know any time within the last like what how long has this been going on six months you know so nine months Mm -hmm. yeah so 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. What do you, do you guys think that it, it's real or no? Mm, I'm torn. I mean, in the promo, we saw that there with her mom. Yeah, I mean, we do see that in next week's preview, but again, like, that that mom mm-hmm. could have been flying into Atlanta. I mean, you know, like, we don't... It seemed like she was flying to... It seemed like the mom was arriving in the U.S., yeah. I, to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I have... I she have could have gotten asylum. Personally, I mean, I think my biggest thing is, like... It, it does beckon the question because Yara keeps saying, like, oh, I want to help my people. I want to help my country. How is she going to help them? And like, I, I mean, I'm being real. How is she going to help them other than just being another body to maybe kill? Like, I don't understand how she's actually helping people unless she's physically fighting in the war. Because just being another person there right. is not as helpful as, like, having a home for them ready in America if they can get asylum or sending them money or something else. Right. Like, being there in person is probably... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like that's probably going to be adding stress. Money or materials. Anything. So I, I really do agree with the Twitter the Twitter people on that one because I think her reasoning for wanting to go is solely based and she hasn't seen her family and she wants to see them. But I just don't think, I think she's very tunnel vision and I don't feel like she's really thought through how many different ways that she could see her mom that are better than what she's mm-hmm. currently trying to do. And I think that, I mean... I don't know like it could depend on money but like from personal experience so Yara's mom is in Czech Republic but I think that she's a Ukrainian citizen and uh Kyle my fiance he had um some family friends that were in Ukraine when the war broke out and they booked a flight and got to the U.S. like they're in the U.S. and they just stayed so I don't know how difficult it was. I don't want to speak, you know, out of turn without knowing, but I don't know how difficult it really was. Oh, also, forgot to mention this one. Uh, my father-in-law also went to Czech Republic during this time. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, and it was probably around the same time that they were talking about uh, Yara going to Czech Republic uh, that my father-in-law went. He did not go to help with the war. He went for business and they have a, a an apartment in Czech Republic. So he was able to travel freely from the US to Czech Republic, you know, and back. So I don't know realistically how difficult it would have been for Yara's mom to come to the US during that time. So I mean I guess we'll see next week if she's the one that comes to the US or if they go there. But I have a feeling she comes to the US. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see though. Um I mean I think we can kind of wrap up there and toss it over to my absolute least favorite um Bilal so Osmari what do you have for us so this week we continue the episode with them on the same issue as to whether or not they're ready to have a baby or if they are are gonna have a baby which we know Shida really wants one Bilal definitely does not So they have an appointment with their doctor in person to hear about her fertility results. And Shida is very, very nervous. And she does mention that usually like she it's kind of weird that it's not a virtual appointment and she feels like it's going to be bad news if he Mm -hmm. wants to meet in person. So pretty much uh, the doctor tells her that um, the age that she is at right now. Um, She has a very low egg count and pretty much they need to decide now whether they're going to have a baby or not, because the closer she's getting to 40, the lower of a chance she will be to become pregnant. 
And this is super devastating for her because she feels as if it's the same as the doctor saying that she's not going to be able to have children. Like she just feels like since the odds are so low, it's like pretty much saying you're not going to be able to have children. And of course, Bilal does not seem like he is 100% on board or even ready, but it seemed like for like two seconds, he showed a glimpse of remorse towards Shida's feelings, but he still kind of stays being in an attitude about the whole situation. And it just really shows how insecure he is because looking at all this and kind of seeing her struggle with this, it reminds me a lot of last week's episode of like his reservations to even want to have a child right now because he says that she in the past when they've gotten into um, arguments she said how um, she will get a divorce or she'll leave and so for him I think he's like fuck like we either need to have a child now or like we're, she's not going to be able to have a child so what do you what do you guys think? Um, well I'd also like to just mention that I believe correct me if I'm wrong but I believe the doctor said um that which super interesting for those who didn't know but um every woman is born with a set number of eggs right and um the doctor said that i guess at shida's age she only had i believe five percent of the eggs that she was born with left is, is that did i yes. hear that right yeah so that's like kind of a shocking number. And I don't know, I guess I was pretty surprised when he said that because, and maybe I just am using like anecdotal evidence from people that I know that have had kids, you know, in their forties, but I didn't realize that, you know, it was really that difficult to have kids at that age. Cause she's not even 40 yet. She's like, what, 37 yeah, she, or something? I was gonna say she's 37. Yeah, well, yeah. it was just really jarring also because he made the comment that, because he said, you guys need to try to spontaneous get pregnant, like, get pregnant spontaneously for six months. And then after six mm-hmm. months, if that hasn't happened, you need to come back and we can, like, seek treatment. Because he was saying that by the time she hit like, 40, she was only going to have 2 to 3% of those eggs left if they actually went on their original timeline which was like even scarier, but I think that I also know people who have gotten pregnant after the age of 40, not one of them was on purpose, and luckily they had very healthy children, but yeah. I also know that the later you wait to have, get pregnant, the higher risk there is of, um, dis, you know, disor- dis, I don't, I don't, I just, there, of, of things that are not normal, or normal, you know, and I know normal, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. For the child and for the mother, too. Like, the mother, it's, like, way more high risk for the mother and with all other complications that can already come Um, with pregnancy. I mean, I'll just, I'll say it. Um, We're all thinking it. I mean, Bilal, Bilal had about two seconds of remorse on his face, and I will give him that. He did, for about two seconds, seem like he genuinely felt bad for her. But then after that, his face was quickly replaced with, seemingly a face of diluted joy dilute like it, it just I and also really, relief yeah like I I didn't like his attitude even when she was in the op she's sitting in the waiting room right and she's very anxious and he's yeah. like I still don't even understand why we're here we haven't even started trying and I'm like this no and it's completely not even holding her hand or anything. Normal and like this woman is shaking. To want to know before they even started trying 
So his attitude throughout the whole thing was just ridiculous. And like in the car when he's like ready to have a good day. And I'm like, she's clearly upset. Like, this is not helpful. Like she, you know, um, and it, I mean, I think it was just really heavy because even as we see next week preview, like obviously we're going to go over that in a minute, but we just continue to see this attitude from him that, well, I'm not ready and kind of fuck you, you know, like we're going to do it on my timeline. And it's just, it's just really mm-hmm. sad because her options are to either do something to where she can get pregnant and he doesn't know, right? Like have a mistake and she doesn't mm-hmm. tell him. She can either divorce him and go sleep with someone else real quick a bunch of times, which obviously she doesn't seem like the type of woman to want to do. And it's just, it's like you're literally watching a woman's biggest dream like fly from her fingertips but not because of her own fault because of someone else and i think that that's the worst fucking part mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and i 100 agree with you and i definitely don't think that though bilal likes to you know show off his like louis vuitton luggage and such i don't think that he would be willing to shell out the money for ivf because it's very expensive so Right. And if it even works, you know, like if you, once you put that money down, you put that money down, you don't get it back, whether it works or not. And it's like, you know, these are just the cards you're dealt with right now. You marry this woman, you made um, a promise Mm -hmm. like in front of God, you know, because that's the thing for them, you know, and it's like, you know, this is a person Mm -hmm. that you're planning on spending the rest of your life with. And okay, maybe you were planning on having a child right away. You know, you wanted to have more time together since you were apart for so long. I get that. But this is, this is a situation, you know, so it's like, why not just kind of give in and give her what she wants, if that's what she wants. And like, you've already had the experience of being a father. Mm -hmm. And having children and being being there you know she's never had that and she told I you from like, that that's what she I'm wants not, i'm not gonna combat but, that but, but again, I think my thing I is, i'm never gonna tell people to have children if they're both not ready i'm never ever going to suggest that but i think that the bigger issue here is right they should not have gotten married and made that promise in front of god if they were not on the same mm-hmm. page and right. if she was and if she was yes. wanting that to be in the exactly. agreement or whatever then they should have gotten this testing before they got married because at this point, like you, I think you said it best. Mm-hmm. This is the situation. Like, yes, this was your plan, but guess what? Life is all about pivoting. Life is all about changing. Life is all about evolving. Like your plans have to change based on the cards you're dealt with. This is the cards they've been dealt with, and I think this is the first time in their marriage. This is the this is the biggest issue they faced, and she we're starting to see his true colors, and his true colors are really really selfish, and that he's not willing to change his timeline and his plan based on anybody else's, and even if that means mm-hmm. crushing her biggest dream in life, and that's that's where I'm going. Or even putting her at risk, which is, like, crazy to me that, like, you're, like, willing just because you're not ready right now. Then, first of all, it was not a fucking secret that she wanted a kid. Like, that was not a secret. She made it known from the very fucking beginning. So that's one thing. Another thing, it's, like, you know all the risks now. Like, why are you so willing to put your wife, the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, at risk for something like happening to her like if she does decide to go based off of your timeline like I think that's so insane that you're willing to even do that yeah Mm. but then again that's Bilal for you and we'll see how he 
how he's going to be acting in front of his family. And I am curious to see how his mom and sister react too. Cause I feel like the mom even told him, like I had, I got pregnant literally the month after I got married, like, you know, so I, I'm really curious to see if maybe, cause I feel like they're always on his side, which I understand that's their son, brother, but I feel like on this one, mm-hmm. especially knowing the facts and knowing oh, like what's going on with Shida medically, they might change. Yeah, I hope. But yeah, she needs that support, especially feeling alone. But let us move on over to Libby and Andre because this was hot <laughs> Guys, this week. Oh, God, you know this whole season. I feel like Andre and Libby. Like I've kind of been rooting for them. Like I felt like they were they were strong. Um, it seems like their relationship has got had gotten stronger. They were, you know, a a team against the the Tampa Kardashians and uh, Charlie, and then it all fell apart this episode, um, which you know we hate to see, but we love to see. So Andre and Libby go for Andre's interview uh, for his visa renewal, and basically, I guess uh, they have to prove you know to the to the immigration officer that their relationship is legitimate that their marriage is is legitimate and that you know andre isn't just using her to get a green card right which of course we all know that's not the case they have a child it's Mm -hmm. to me it seems like it should have been a no-brainer that they just renew his visa um if that's what they were basing it off of if they were really just basing it off of if their relationship was legitimate but (laughs) Um, okay, I guess I'm jumping ahead of myself. So they're in the parking lot about to go into the interview. Andre is super on edge, like so tense. And Libby is like trying to help him tie his tie and he's yelling at her and they're already getting into an argument before they even go into the interview. So they're not in a good headspace for this damn interview. So they, you know, we don't see the actual interview, of course, but we come back they're back in the car now and they're driving home from the interview and you can cut the tension with a knife it is so uncomfortable andre is furious and as a viewer you're like what the fuck what happened in that interview right like it should have been a an easy thing they've been together for a while they have a child they're married whatever but apparently and I also was thinking, I don't, know, I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking if anyone was going to fuck up the interview, it would have been Andre, not Libby, right? But I guess, <laughs> I guess Libby was the one that fucked the interview up. So apparently the um, immigration officer questioned them separately, I guess. And uh, one of the questions was, when did you guys meet? And I guess Libby gave the wrong answer and she said that yeah yikes she said the reason she gave this wrong answer was because the question was pretty vague based on their the timeline of their relationship because they were long distance and she didn't quite understand if he meant like when did they meet you know period when was the first time they met when when was the first time they met or did he mean like when was the first time they met in person did he mean when did the relationship actually start so I kind of understand what she was saying, um, but apparently that answer made the alarm bells go off and really made the immigration officer suspicious, which honestly seems a little silly to me. And maybe it's just TLC wanting them to, you know, make it more dramatic than it was. 
But Andre was furious, and his, I'll just go ahead and say his abusive side came out, mm-hmm. and it was really kind of shocking to watch, I think, because, like I said, it seemed like this whole season, they were really on the same page, they were a team, they were going strong, and then it's like he just reverted back to his old ways, because if we recall, in the first season that Andre and Libby were in, there was the iconic scene, also, ironically enough, in a car, um, where Andre is driving, Libby is in the passenger seat, and I believe Libby was texting the Tampa Kardashians, mm-hmm. like, and they were fighting about Andre, and then Andre got pissed at Libby and was like, oh my god, like, just stop with the drama, stop talking to them, don't talk to them, like, just ignore them, and he snatched the phone from her as he was, he was driving, and it was very, contra- it was a very controversial scene, and it was kind of, you know, questioning, like, is Andre sort of abusive? Um, even if it's just verbally. And this week, we we saw that side of him come out again, and I thought it was pretty disturbing. Um, so what do you guys think? Do you think that Andre's reaction was justified? What do you think about Libby not knowing uh, when they met? What are your thoughts? Okay, I can... Oh, go ahead. I think... <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> God. I always have so much to say. I think his frustration and, like, fear of, like, not knowing what's going to happen, whether it's going to be re- renewed or not, is is fine to feel like that. What I don't think is fine is how he's throwing it at her and how he's, like, being yeah. a fucking asshole to her. Like, I don't think that's okay. I understand, like, fuck, your whole life might change. You might have to, like, yeah. leave or whatever, right? But... There's no, even if you feel that way, there's no reason for you to be that fucking, like, mean. Like, literally, that's what he was being. He was being so mean to her. And she just fucking takes it. Like, there's, like, yeah, aggressive is the right word. There are, like, little moments where she'll, like, kind of stand up for herself and stand her ground. But for the most part, she lets him walk all over her. And it's, like, girl, like, your daughter is also seeing Mm -hmm. this, how, like, your husband is talking to you you know she's gonna think that that's normal for a man to talk to her like that or anyone talk to her like that and it's like you can't allow that you know and I agree with you that it feels like they were on a team and then now all of a sudden he's like fucking flipping the switch on her and being such a fucking asshole and sorry last thing I'm gonna say is I also don't know how he just expects her to stop talking to her family like it's just like a random friend you know, like that's her fucking. Yeah, family. and the whole. But that's what that's my piece scene, on that. I just kept thinking, I cannot wait until the Tampa Kardashians get their hands on this footage. I can't wait <laughs> for them to show it at the tell-all, and for the Tampa Kardashians to just rip Andre apart. Um, but yeah, I don't. I agree, um, Asmari. It was. It's definitely not a good example to show their their daughter and. You know, these are this is the situation that we're seeing, right? Like they mm-hmm. they know that they're on TV, so you know, God only knows what he says and does when the cameras are off. And yeah, like you can definitely see that Libby is just kind of the submissive one in the relationship, and she's very, um, you know, she just she, like you said, she lets him walk all over her, and it's really sad to see. Um, but another interesting thing that I forgot to say was that. While Andre, you know, was yelling at Libby for 
fucking up the interview, fucking up the one question, whatever, which I also don't see how a single question could determine whether or not this man gets to stay in the U.S. with his family. But Libby was saying that, you know, if he gets deported, she and their daughter will 100% go to Moldova to be with him. And that was pretty surprising to me. And I don't know if I buy it. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think that Libby would actually move to Moldova? So this is where this is where I'll jump in. I mean, obviously, we've covered that, like, you couldn't even understand half the shit he said because it was bleeped out, you know. Not only did she say that she would go, but it was when he was like, and you will go with me. I didn't like that. Um, so I don't actually think if, if push came to shove, she would go. I think she would find some excuse on why she couldn't go. Um, because why the fuck would you move to Moldova? Second off, I feel like, I again, like just the way he talked about her to her was just really, really inexcusable. And I don't like his feeling of like possessiveness and ownership over her. It just, it feels very, like, like you said, the word submissive. It feels like he feels like it's her place to just kind of follow him and do whatever. And I just kind of want to point out this really, like, fun little fact. And I don't know if anybody else picked up on this. It was whenever they were preparing for the interview, they were going over, like, basic questions. Like, where did we get married and things like that? And he was like, oh, this interview wasn't about stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. But then a question just like that. Is supposedly mm-hmm. the one yep. that fucked them up. And I think it's so funny because at first when I was watching the scene, I was like, right. this is where my Matt Sharp production, like red herring was coming from. Cause I was like, I don't actually know if this is real because they could, I mean, you can't film in those offices. So they could literally be saying anything right now just to make TV look better. And like, they obviously know his green, they, his green card could have gotten renewed in there and they just needed a scene. But honestly, if Andre is able to act that way, just out of acting, I think that is a very dangerous man behind closed doors because he, the way he was acting was just absolutely disgusting. And I, I started to realize I actually do think that was very, very real. And I think that he was projecting so much of his insecurity mm-hmm. and anxiety mm-hmm. about that interview on her. So to sum that up, no, I do not think she would go with him because why, I think that he is very abusive and deep down she probably knows that. And I don't think, I think if it really came down to it, she would stay with her sisters and I would not blame her even slightly. I was going to say the Tampa Kardashians would step in and force her to stay for sure. Definitely. Um, okay, well, I think we can move on. Um Kaya, do you want to do our our final segment? Oh, you know it. All right, let's do asshole of the week. Um, there's so many good options. Um, so I guess, I mean, we could do it in soak order. I do know who I have as my asshole of the week. If you want me to go first, we can go in reverse order. Let's go reverse uh, soak, reverse soak. Reverse, reverse soak. Okay, Ugh. so my asshole of the week is actually going to be Ed. Um, for a lot of reasons, least of which the promo for next week. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? I'll just say it. He uh, or Liz accused him of saying that he would rather sleep with some other Alex. Alex. Uh, right. The, the Alex. model. 
Yeah. Alex. And Alex. Not just so any to, woman, again, Alex. Asshole of the fucking week. And like, I'm sure he's going to carry that through till next week. But I just didn't like how he treated Liz. I thought that he was just rude. And frankly, he deserved that, that verbal lashing that he got. So Ed's my asshole of the week. Oh, is that me? Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot how to spell it. Maybe you can learn to spell, um, you know? Yeah, reverse. I know, I forgot. Thank you, Kaya. Um, so, <laughs> so, my asshole of the week is going to be Miss Norma, Ed's mother. And Ooh. I know that that may be confusing and a hot take, but hear me out. The reason is, Ed is such a vile human being that I think Miss Norma at the end of the day is to blame because she brought the man, <laughs> she brought the man into the world and raised him and created this monster that we're now seeing. So I'm, I'm going to take it a step, you know, back uh, from what Kaya, from Kaya's asshole of the week. Generationally, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to say that it's Miss Norma. She's my asshole of the week. <laughs> Well, for me, my asshole of the week, hands down, is Andre. Like, I just can't get it. I, I, that's really easy, I know. But he was just such mm-hmm. a fucking asshole. Like, it was just so disgusting to just see how he talked to Libby. And he's he just sucks. Like, right, that's what I was kind of warming up that's to him, too. That's why it too. was so, like, jarring. Because no. I feel like everyone was kind of, like, team Andre this season. And then yeah. he just... Yeah. Wasn't a fucking asshole. Yeah, he really blew it up. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna, you know, I Decided can't not leave pop it on his lid. Note. So I'm my asshole of the week. I would have chosen Rich if I'd gone after Alexa because he let his friend <laughs> act like that for so many years. But I think my asshole of the week is actually gonna have to be the cow farmer that tried to swindle Kimberly out of three hundred dollars. <laughs> That man was an asshole. That man was an asshole. I mean, he five hundred. Five hundred. Been spending two hundred, which I still think is too much for that sickly looking cow. But it's all good. Definitely. That is my asshole of the week because, bro, like I understand chasing a bag, but you don't have to come up like that. That's mean. She's a she's a clueless white woman. No, but he. But he straight up said, this is the first time I've ever seen a white person in, <laughs> like, in person. So he I said, you know what, cha-ching, $500. So that, that is my asshole. <laughs> so we can kind of sum it up here for next week previews. Um, so I will kind of start here. So next week, starting with Kim and News Mom, we see kind of a clear failure, you know, that the the receivement of the blessing did not occur um once again this causes kim to threaten to leave uzman who we see a little bit of a different response from this time and so he alone is sitting in a chair and he states that he has tons of young women in his dm so who is the real loser here and i just thought i kind of want to see the honest to god i want to see where it goes because i don't know this is the first time he hasn't chased her be on your shit, Usman. Um, Jovi and Yara, we kind of touched on this. So we finally see them at the airport meeting Yara's mom. Yay. You know, super happy they were all able to visit other family. But again, we don't know the context of this. We don't know whether that mother is in America, whether they have gone to Europe. So we're going to see. 
I think I'm start. I think Alexis convinced me. I think I'm leaning on the Mara. The mom is now in the U.S., but we're just gonna have to see. <laughs> nice. And then we have Bilal and Shida next week. So they're at a dinner with his um, family. And Shad is still talking about wanting a baby and Bilal is on the fence. And it's just sad because you can just tell how bad she wants a baby. And like I had mentioned when we spoke about them before, I'm really interested to see how his sister and his mom are going to react to the news about like her health and just like their journey if they will have a baby. So we'll see what they say about that, which we're hoping that they'll be on her side. Um, and then for Angela and Mackle. Angela and Michael have another conversation where Michael calls her out for duetting men and flirting with them on TikTok, specifically the original Thief of Hearts. The Wait, what is it? The man, the, the original Thief, Thief of Hearts. Of Hearts. <laughs> um, so I finally get to see, so I'm excited to see that. Um, and yeah, we'll see if they're able to reconcile their relationship. And then it looks like Libby and Andre are not going to be on next week, uh, next week's episode, unfortunately. But we're we're wishing you know the best for Libby and the worst for Andre. <laughs> All right. And then last but certainly not least, uh, Jenny and Samit. So Samit is going to go see his parents um, and is leaving Jenny alone back at home, which honestly I think is for the best. That's all we really saw. His pompadour is still high, um, which really makes me happy. I love that for him. Um, And then finally, we have Big Ed and Liz. So Ed is still accusing Liz of being a lesbian. Liz said that Ed said that he would rather sleep with Alex and they're still really going at it. So I think we're going to see part two of their explosive fight, which I cannot wait to see. Um, I'd also, I'd also like to, I'd also like to point out that Ed is constantly accusing Liz of being a lesbian. Like why does she have to be a lesbian? Why can't she be bi or pan or, you know, like, God, why does he have to jump to that? (laughs) True. Cause he's ignorant. It's cause he's he's ignorant. All right, my friends. Well, I think that's all we have for today. Um, remember to our loyal followers, we do love oh you despite God. what Sarah says. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. I was about to say, we love you. No, we Sarah, love them. <laughs> Sarah only loves one of our followers. She only loves Sarah. Sarah doesn't. Greg. And that's all, all the rest of them. good you know, my heart is big enough I to make like up for love. Sarah's lack of love there. for you guys. So we love you. Thank you for listening. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's uh, roll our uh, outro music and have a great week, everybody. And we'll put up this episode on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.